podcast our purpose is to positively building men both young and seasoned our goal is to positively impact the lives of men and the effects that impact has on their lives families and communities as a man thinks wants to leave a legacy that will last a lifetime get ready to be encouraged engaged and challenged in this podcast you would expect to know what men go through hear us laugh cry share our personal challenges in this walk of life as a man thinks. Hello, welcome back to As a Man Thinks. I am Deshaun Brown, Vice President of As a Man Thinks. Uh, Courtney Dennis, President of As a Man Thinks. LJ Roach, Director of Operations and Events of As a Man Thinks. All right, and big shout out to our brother Kyrie, Treasurer, As a Man Thinks, out there supporting his family. Thoughts and prayers out to you and the wife on the loss of your family member. Yes. We love you, brother. Take care. No jokes or no clowning today, man. Yeah, for sure. So we thought you was going to be back, but, uh, you know, for real, on um, a serious note, man, you know, we're we praying for you, praying for the family. You know, I hope that, uh, you know, when you went down there, you were able to, you know, see some family members that you may not have seen in a while. And then, you know, it just made me also think about how life's so short, you know, so, you know, we can have family here one day and then they be gone next. So, you know, much prayers to you, bro. So get some food, get some spades, whatever y'all do. Come back up here so we can get on you next time. But we love you, brother. Peace. All right. So, fellas, one of the topics we want to talk about is something that came up today and we want to discuss and we'll be talking about a little bit is uh, overcoming generational curses. So what does that look like? What does that sound like? How do we overcome them? Most importantly, though, what are some of those things that we've had to overcome? So it's a question I'm going to put out there that I want to answer, but I want to hear from you all is, you know, what curses do you feel like you've had to overcome personally? And what curses do you feel like you've had to overcome from a family perspective? So before I answer, I'm going to take a sip. This uh, <laughs> overcoming generational curse, man, that's that's heavy, B. Yeah. That's heavy. Um, the thing I would say is this, okay? Um I know for sure that, you know, growing up, you know, we've had generational things in my family that, you know, we had overcome. Um, I, I think the, the toughest part about overcoming a, a generational curse is actually coming to the conclusion of that you no longer want to have that a part of your life. Uh, and it's something that has controlled you uh, and has controlled generations. Um, I think once you come to a place of, you know, I don't want to live like this no more and I don't want this certain thing to control me. I want to be free from this. You know, I think ultimately you can't overcome it without God. Mm. Um, I, I just, and it's just my personal opinion. You know, I, I just don't feel like you can overcome something that, that has been there for generations without God himself giving you the strength to do it. I agree. LJ? Well, when it comes to overcoming um, generational curses, especially for me uh, personally, 
Um, I feel it's a cycle that needs to be broke as soon as possible. I've always thought that there are things that um, held me back um, in, in, in my life, um, successfulness within my family. I am the first of five boys to graduate college. I am the oldest, so, but I am the only one that have graduated college. Um, I'm the first and only one to have started my own business. Uh, and I've done those things to break the generational curse of uh, being held back, per se. You, know? um, you always want your kids to do better than you. You want to provide for your children uh, and give them more than what you always had in life. And um, so I've decided early on, before I even had children, um, that that was something that I wanted to do. And I pursued it and I've been somewhat successful in it, but not totally successful. There's still a lot of work to do. And God's willing, um, I can get through this uh, and, and change the course of my generational family, uh, my immediate and um, extended family. Would love to be able to help them out as well. Okay. And I'm going to have some. I'm, I'm going to go back to my brothers in a little bit because we're on some real deep spiritualness tonight. Courtney's talking about God and faithfulness and how you do, and I'll just give you all some real answers. So I want to know what are those things you've had to overcome. So I'm going to tell you specifically for me, uh, a couple of things that we've had to overcome in my family that I know of is sexual, you know, immorality. You know, what I'm saying just you know from a young age being exposed to a lot of things. From a sexual perspective, you know, whether it was pornographic movies, pornographic images, um, but just really knowing that that's something that's real prevalent in my family. The other part is, uh, you know, children out of wedlock and be not being married. That was one of the things that really was big on us. I remember getting married. My mother was upset that I hadn't had any children yet. And keep in mind, I was like 23. So I got married at 25, but... I was 23. My mother was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I waiting so long to give her a grandchild? And I want to get married. She's like, well, why you got to wait that long? I'm going to have a kid before you get married. And for her, that was not taboo. I mean, that was something that for her made sense because they were doing that 15, 16 years old. Right. So for me, that was something that I didn't want to do. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, just really that sexual immorality is huge. And it's something that, again, I struggle with to this day. It's something that, you know, I'm, I'm the curse is broken. I walk in victory, but I ain't going to lie. You know, it's something that I definitely have to overcome because it's something that's been exposed to me as a young child at a young age. And uh, I'm just honest. But um, that is yeah. something that takes some time to overcome. Yeah, so I think that when I think about this, though, um, I've never ever, you know, I've, I've heard about generational curses and, you know, and, but I've never looked back and been like, oh yeah, you know, my dad dealt with that or my uncle dealt with that or, you know, my, yeah, I never, never have, you know, anything I've ever dealt with in my life, I just automatically assumed that it was just by my own choice. Mm -hmm. You know, I made the choice to watch the flick. I made the choice to, you know, sleep with a woman. I made the choice 
Um, and I never ever looked at it as, you know, maybe, you know, generationally, these are the things that were placed on me. It was kind of just like, you know, I've always been raised to the fact that, well, you know, have ownership or whatever, right? But generational curses is real. And I know for sure that, you know, my dad dealt with things, you know, because he he told me, you know, he told me, hey, I, I had I struggle with this or I struggle with that, or you know. And so I know that there's things that I struggle with and currently struggle with, you know, same, you know, on the path of, of D when it comes down to just, you know, uh, you know, sexuality, you know, and, you know, uh, adult, you know, pornography and different things like that. Those are things that a lot of times when you're a man, you're just told that that's just natural. Men do that, mm. right? So people say, oh, you know, if a man cheats or whatever, men do that. Right. This is what men do, you know, but that's not true. You, you don't have to do that, you know, um, but I think, you know, it's very easier to say men do that and it makes it feel like it's comfortable, like it's OK when it's not. Yeah. And the part about the generational that that you brought up and and you said so well is that what are we doing that's going to allow our families to have to continue that generational curse? So do we not break that curse? Do we do not handle certain things? And again, it ain't got to be sexual immorality. It might be anger, right? It could be pride. It could be drug use. It could be anything. But what are those curses that you don't break? And now your family is affected by it. Now they're dealing with those same things. So you see your kids going, I don't know why I'm having this issue with this. Well, I don't know why I think about these things. Well, I don't understand. You see a kid getting angry at something. That thing that you haven't overcome, now it's actually affecting your children. And I think that um, some of it is present because of exposure. Um, when I was growing up, you know, my uncles would always, you know, they, they, they would smoke their weed, you mm -hmm. know drink their drinks, the cigarettes. We'll go out there like, you know, come with me for a ride. And, you know, I'm in town visiting with my family and whatnot, but I'm a teenager. I'm 13, 14 years old. In the back of their car, they're smoking and driving around, going around town and, and talking to girls and this, that, and the other, you know, and, and talking some nasty stuff. I'm like, this is my nephew. Hook him up. Right. Right. You know, stuff like that. Right. So, you know, they expose you to things that at that age, you definitely shouldn't be exposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, they'll come back and be like, well, don't tell your mother this because, you know, mother's steeped in, in religion. Like, you know, you don't ever go anywhere with your uncles again. This, that, the other. These are our brothers now. Like, you know, this is what they think a man should be. They're, they, they are trying to expose you to what, how they believe uh, you should perceive yourself to be as a man, what you're going to grow up to be. And um, so that exposure of, uh, Anything between, you know, drugs, alcohol, sexual, uh, deviant behavior. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and, and nine times out of ten, you, you, you are exposed to that from people that are to love you. That's true. And teach you better. Um, uh, I can say, you know, for my family personally, that that curse has been broken. You know, one, um, I think our families don't interact as much as we used to like we did with our, you know, uncles and aunts back in the day. Um, so it's not that much exposed, but when we, you are exposed to them, you know, 
they're not trying to push things on you. They have their habits. They're going to be drinking, smoking stuff, but they're not trying to bring you in and be like, hey, come over here, you know, do this. My, my grandmother used to be like, hey, you can take a sip of this. Don't tell your mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so um, my mother would never do that. Um, and my brother's no better than approach my kids with some type of drugs, alcohol, or anything like that. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, and I think uh, the lack of exposure to some things can help out with the generational curses. But uh, it definitely comes from, a lot of it comes from, from family sources of love. That's, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's very tough. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> you live in this world and you think about these are the individuals that love me. They're not going to do anything to hurt me. They're not going to do anything to lead me down the wrong path. And I think in certain cases, you know, I take it as, yeah, maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe it was just like, well, when, when I was young, my dad gave me this or my dad let me taste some beer. Like I've had uncles that, you know, before I even drunk anything or had any type of alcohol, we're like, hey, here, come on here, take a sip of that. And I don't think, I don't look at it as I think they're trying to get me addicted or whatever, you know, because some of my uncles will be like, well, you know, tell me how you think it tastes. You know, tell me. Did you like it? Or did you not like it? And I'm like, no, I was disgusting. Okay, well, good. Don't don't drink stuff. Right. Don't be like right. me. They're trying to use it as a discouraging right? mechanism. And, and they were trying to more, more, more of uh just teach me, right? Mm-hmm. But in the process of teaching me, it had then exposed me to something that I had never had intentions to be exposed to. So you know, I never forget, and I know my brother would, would throw me on, he, he'd kill me for saying this. I never forget, we were uh, out at a bar, and, uh, you know, I was young, I'm 21, and, you know, I'm out with him, and I get to the bar, I order a drink, and I take the shot, and I throw the shot back, and then I give it back to him, I said, give me another one, and he give me another I throw the shot back, and my brother's standing there looking at me, he's like, you didn't did this before, right? You know, he'd never seen that side of me. You know, hey, Tez, you know, I know. Hey, I was going to say, he didn't say with brothers. It was Tez, but, uh, you know, uh, but I had been exposed to that type of situation way before. He didn't know, you know. Um, and, of course, you know, he was drinking as well. But I just think that sometimes people, you know, not intentionally expose you. Now, there's some that will expose you on purpose. But I think people try to teach you how they were raised. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that doesn't mean just because they were raised like that, they should be exposing you to it. Yeah, I use the word ignorance. I think the word is ignorance. And sometimes we don't allow our ignorance to even understand that we are exposing our children to something, right? So I agree with that. I remember the first time I smoked a cigarette, I was like, this is disgusting. Just because I would see my aunts and uncles doing it so much, I'm like, well, what is this? Because they all do it. And at the time, you know, you can smoke in the house. It wasn't no go outside with that. They'll be smoking right in the house. So, mm-hmm. you know, you pick up one, they're like, go ahead, try it. You go ahead and smoke it, coughing. <laughs> it's just disgusting. Like, 
Well, don't ever try it again. Well, then they catch you smoking, and they like smoke this whole pack. Well, to, to yeah, try to discourage you from it. I never had that. I guarantee you this. I, 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 probably had that crap, but I ended up smoking weed. So I ended up yeah. smoking weed regularly because, in my mind, the ignorance to trying that, I knew I didn't want to smoke cigarettes. All right, well, I don't want to smoke cigarettes. So here's thing. We smell good though, so ain't no smoking weed. And did it for years, and but again, it's just those things that you expose yourself to. I wasn't looking; I was innocently looking at it, just seeing what it was. And now I'm trying it. I know how to do it. Know how to smoke it. It's just what you open yourself up to, and that's in a lot of things. Like we think about anger, right? Sometimes we overlook anger, but if you see a kid that's really angry, like a baby, mm-hmm. that is really upset, mm-hmm. you mean where did that come from? Now, where does that come? You see a kid just get angry, start crying, or throwing something down. Where did that come from? It could be a generational curse or something that we haven't gotten a hold of. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 interesting you say. Um, but D, I got a question. Yeah. So, how do you know if it's a generational curse or just a decision, your own personal decisions? Right. Because and the only reason I ask is, I would tell people. You know, have conversations with people and they'd be like, well, you know, I did this because my dad did this or my uncle did this, you know. And, and the thing I would say is, all right, that's great. Like, let's stop. And I, we use it in my own family. Right. And I would and I would say, bro, it, I, I don't want to hear what dad did. I don't want to hear what uh, uncle did. It was a decision. Right. Know? Like, yes, we could say that it's a curse, but I truly believe as a Christian that when you give your life to the Lord, that you've been bought with a price. Mm -hmm. And I believe that everything that happens is covered underneath the blood. Mm -hmm. So if we truly believe what the word says, and we truly standing on, not saying that we won't struggle, not saying that things won't come up. But in the same token, like either you're going to believe and really believe or you ain't going to believe. And if you ain't going to believe, then fine, don't believe. Mm -hmm. But I believe in the focus of belief and faith, that's where our victory lies. So, you know, I often tell people, I'm like, okay, yes, it could be a generational curse or it could just be a decision that you decided to do. I agree with that. And I think that um, curses are only continued through our choices made. When you know better, you do better. Right. So uh, if you want to break the curse, like, you know, most people do, they want to break that generational curse, generational curse. Make the choice to do it and stop it. Because it's, it begins and starts, it starts and ends with you at the end of the day. If you want to stop something, stop it. You see other people doing it within your family, especially your children. Address it with them. Let them know, hey, you have a choice to do this and not do this, you know? And, and, and that's how the curse gets broken, I believe. So, Is it a generational curse or a crutch? We- so, because I think that people use generational curses sometimes as excuses for their behavior. Mm. That's just me. Yeah. Like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, and I'm gonna do it. And then when I get caught, 
Well, you know, my daddy dealt with that and my uncle dealt with that. And, you know, it's been I've been I've been trying to break it and it's hard. But, you know, it, you know, it's been passed down for generations. And I'm trying. Is it a crutch far as an excuse? Mm. Or is it your reality? Or are you just using that because you got caught? Because most time when people don't get caught, they hide in their sin. They cool. You know, they might go to God and like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have did that, 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 right? It ain't until you get caught and exposed where then people want to say generational curse. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's key. I think that's that's a great point. Is it a curse or is it a crush? Because I think too many times we do. It says knowledge is power, right? So if you make knowledge, if you've been made aware of something or if you have knowledge about something, you can't continue to do it. Because now you're not operating out of a sense of ignorance no more. You're just operating us into your own personal decision to do something. So yeah, I agree. I think if you continue to operate and doing something that you know isn't right or you believe it's not right, then you just have an issue or conflict of your own understanding or your own desire to do what's right versus doing what's wrong. And it's not like and it's not like you dealt with something and you struggle with something and then tomorrow you're just gonna be made whole. Right. I don't believe that. I believe that, you know, I'm 41. Okay. And from the day that I first lost my virginity, I struggled with just sexuality. Okay. And from 16 to 41, it's still a struggle. Like, you know, you see a baddie come by, you're like, dang, right? And you know, you better keep your head straight. Don't, don't, look, don't, look, don't, look, don't, look, don't, look, right? Then they create this thing. Well, you could look once, just don't look twice. Because if you look twice, that's when you sin. So now you like, dang, I hear it was bad. But if you look once and you look twice, the same thoughts, it's, it ain't nothing different. You know what I'm saying? But I think that we create things, man, and make things feel like they better in our lives. And just because you struggle with something don't mean that you're going to overcome it tomorrow. Right. It takes you, your relationship with God, your friends that God put you in your life. All of us, we're in a fight for our life. Mm. It ain't, we don't wake up every morning and just be like, oh, today's going to be just amazing and perfectly. And I'm just going to be so spiritual and I'm going to be so anointed under the power of God. And nothing's going to touch me and nothing can come by me. And bro, no, you're not. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Do you think that he's going to leave you alone? Mm. He's not going to say, hey, Sean, today I'm giving you a break. No, it don't work that way. He see you when you're weak, and he's going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he weak. I'm going to go ahead. Hey, hey, remember this right here? Yeah. Mm, LJ, hey, hey, remember this right here? Didn't you like that? You know, you like that, didn't you? I mean, it's a struggle. Especially when you're doing... You're, you're trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. The devil doesn't have to mess with you when you're doing the wrong thing. He's already got you. Correct. Right. So when you're trying to do the right thing, correct your ways, you know, and 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 do things correctly, that's when the devil's going to attack you the most. Right. So um, you know, you put that stuff into perspective, uh, and, and and you think about it, and just stay prayerful. You can work your way through this. So that brought me up to the next point: how you overcome it. So Courtney's kind of gave you some idea. So faith is obviously one way to overcome it, but 
What are those ways that you overcome not only generational curses, but to be able to come your own personal decisions sometimes when you know you're doing something that's not right? What are those ways you overcome that? So I, I battled a, a couple things in my life. You know, I battled depression. I battled, uh, you know, um, a course of sexuality. I, I battled a couple things. So, you know, I would look at, okay, uh, in the Bible app, you know, they got all these different, you know, um, serious mm-hmm. that you could do, you know, whether it's on depression, whether it's on sexuality, whatever. I would take time and I would just meditate on, you know, how do I win today? Right. And and that's the thing, man. Like, you can't think about winning next week if you already lose it today. Like, I need to win today. Right. And if I lose today, how can I win tomorrow? Or how can I win the next hour from now? And I think when you dummy it down, to that where, okay, I've fallen short here. You know, how do I fix that? And if, if I'm going to fix it through the word and reading my scripture and praying, you know, who's my surroundings, who's my circle? You know, I really had to take my circle and kind of make it small. So my circle right now, people could think, oh, man, you know, he don't mess with me no more. He don't mess. No, I just totally made my circle extremely small of the people that I believe want to see me win. Mm. Because the people that want to see me win, they're going to help me. They're going to know my struggle. They're going to pray for me. And their prayers are going to be genuine, not going to be a motive behind it. So that's how I'm trying to win, is how do I win hour by hour, day by day, and let's not worry about next year. Like that. I think that um, first thing you should do is acknowledge any and all of your shortcomings to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you have to write it down, you know, to remind yourself, these are the things that I believe um, I have a problem with. And, and I may be pushing this onto someone else, my family members or other friends or whatnot, you know. Um, and it, if you have someone, I think another way to help you overcome maybe if you have someone that you trust in, um, you can talk with them uh, to kind of help you get through it. Uh, but they can also hold you accountable, you know, and not not accountable to judge you. You know, no one should judge you but God. Right. But just to like, you know, put you on the correct path or let you realize, make you realize that, okay. This is what you did. This is your decision and whatnot. You know, what are you going to do from here? And, and let you handle your business, you know, instead of the blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't have did that. You shouldn't have did, you know. Um, but, yeah, if you, if you definitely have someone, a confidant or anything you can um, have in your life to to share, I don't know. I don't want to call them demons, but, you know, those type of shortcomings when it comes to uh, generational curses and whatnot. I think that would help as well. Yeah, so I agree with both of you all. I think you have to have a certain level of faith. You have to have something that you rely on. You know, you can't think of it as in and of yourself. If you have your own self-righteousness, we're not great enough to be able to overcome those things. So you have to have faith in something great. And and that thing that you have faith in, you have to believe that it can help you to overcome it. But I think what LJ say is key. You have to have someone you're accountable to to help you through the battles. 
I would always caution you, be very careful about who you're accountable to. Courtney said, you don't know what people's agendas are. You don't know what people's motives are. And sometimes the people you're being accountable to may want something for you, or they may want to even get their own agenda abroad. Yeah. And they don't genuinely have your best interest in mind. They genuinely won't pray and lift up and believe God's going to give you an answer, give you an answer through them. So be careful of those people that you allow to know your information, but be prayerful. Be prayerful. Have somebody that you can talk to. They can hold you accountable. They can tell you the things that they go through. You can tell them the things that you go through. Because I do believe that in that council, yeah. what does it say? There's wisdom and wisdom and multiple council. We can be we can be accountable to each other and really help each other overcome those challenges. But just be very cautious. Be very cautious and know that you're allowed to to connect with you and know. And one of the things, and we'll probably wrap up here soon, is so I'm amazed. So all of us are fathers. Um, all of us have had from the conversations I've had our fathers in our life. At some point, God willing, you know, it's been an impact on all of us. We're doing the same thing for our children. My heart goes out, and I've got several friends who never even knew their father. Wow. Like, I got a friend right now who has never met his father to this day. Knows where he lives, his father knows who he is, but he's never even met his father in a day. So as we wrap up, what does that look like? What is having a relationship with your father meant to you? And what does that mean going forward with your children? How you want to be impacted to your children? Man, I I I'll just say this, man. Um, you know, I talked about this multiple times on our podcast about me losing my father and uh, him passing away. And the thing I would say is I never forget one of our last encounters a few months before he left. And we were driving up the street and we were listening to worship music together. And I promise you, just the spirit of the Lord came in the car. It was so thick. I literally pulled over and he was crying and I was crying. And the one thing he said to me, he says, I just wish I could have given you more. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, with tears coming down my eyes, I said, Dad, you gave me the best gift anybody could ever give is when you introduced me to the Lord. When you introduced me to God and you gave me him, that was the best gift you could ever give me. That is what impacts my life on a day-to-day basis. It's not material things. It is This is the spiritual part of my life that impacts me every single day, good, bad, or indifferent. I said, when you gave me that, you gave me everything. And I never forget that encounter because that encounter was so powerful. And I think about other men or other young ladies that haven't even had the experience of a father speaking into their life. It's devastating because I truly believe that a father has the power to speak blessings over their kids. God has given them these kids to speak blessings over them, to protect them, to raise them up, you know, to be great human beings as far as men and women. And when you don't have that, not saying that, I know there's great people that didn't have a father and they might have an uncle mm. or they might have a cousin. They might have somebody else that God placed in their life to you know, impact their life and speak into their life. But a father's place in a kid's life, there's no replacing that. It is so needed. It is so important. And, you know, 
to not have it is almost like something's missing in your life. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. And um, I can say when it comes to my father, um, he's a retired military man. I am the oldest of five boys. Um, so with him being a military man, it has not always been peaches and roses. Uh, you know, he comes down with the punishment, you know, the yelling, the attitude. Um, and, and I can say that some of that has rubbed off into my life, my brother's lives. It, you know, you, you can tell, you know. Like, but he did co sign for you that car. That <laughs> yeah. And eight, was eight, too. Eight, but that's that's the thing too, you know. No matter how father how hard my father was on us, um, I love him to death. Wouldn't trade him for anything in the world. He he does come through in the clutch times. He has, he still will. Um, and I know at the end of the day, he has our best interests at heart. Uh, I don't think he always had the right way to express it and show it. Um, but um, I can tell you right now. I appreciate my father more for the impact he has on his grandchildren than he has mm. had in my life. Mm. I think That's he's good. showing he's showing his grandchildren more of how a father should have been to to us at the end of the day. I, I would have loved to have seen that that side of him growing up, you know. But when it came when it comes to his grandchildren, they they melt his heart, you know. They they got the best of them. Uh, they can do no wrong. And you better not mess with them. <laughs> so, um, but I, I love the impact that he's having on the children um, that he's showing them. It, it's really showing a, a different side of him. And um, I kind of admire though how you can you can be that hard ass all your life, and then it will take something like a grandchild to come to your life and change your ways. Mm -hmm. Some ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I will never um, not love the man, although we have had our stats here and there. Um, but uh, you know that is my father. I love him and wouldn't change it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I heard it said that if you raise your children right, you get to spoil your grandkids. If you raise your children wrong. You get to raise your, if you spoiled your child, if you spoiled your children, you didn't have to raise your grandchildren. So it always left an impact on me because I was raised by my grandparents. You know, I had two parents that had me when they were 19 years old, weren't married, weren't together. So I didn't have that relationship with my father initially, but I eventually did. And I was grateful to be raised by my grandparents because I saw the structure of what a woman and a, a man in the same home should look like. And then I got older and I got to understand who my wife was. Well, you understand this. I, you, when I met my wife, I used to always say that my dad was my ninja, but not in the word that we say, but you know, <laughs> I would always say that's my ninja. She'd be like, why do you call him that? And I'm like, just, just, you just gotta know my dad. My dad is 19 years older than me. So he probably looked like he's my age, played all his life, always had a way with women, always. You know, I can always just remember my dad being that dude. And what I say that I've learned a lot of lessons from my dad, I learned a lot of lessons in being a hard worker, being a provider. Not spiritual things that nature. That's just, that just wasn't who he is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of the most profound things that my dad said to me when I got older, got married, and had kids, 
we were having a conversation. He said, I'm so proud of what the niggas you become. Because he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Never been married. Never real long relationships. Several kids, but he's a great father to all of them. And the fact that he said that to me gave me more validation than I ever had in life. Because even though my dad is what it is, I'm still trying to prove to him that I'm the man that I need to be. Him telling me he's proud of the man that I was, the husband that I am, the father that I am, validated me more than anything he's ever said to me in my life. Wow, so, that's awesome. That's powerful, bro. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so very deep message. But y'all, we want to hear from y'all. So please put in the chat, what are those generational curses that you've had to overcome? And what are those things that you feel are personal that may not be generational? In addition to that, just what did you feel about what we've spoken about today and how does that affect you? So put in the chat. LJ, how can they get connected to us? Well, like and share this episode. You can stream us on Captivate, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also join us on asamanthinks.org. Um, we have an email there. You feel free to donate towards our cause. Um, you can find out what we're doing, uh, events coming up, and things like that. Yeah, he said events we got coming up, so we are doing a trip to Chicago. Shout out to everybody in Chicago, October 7th. In addition to that, we are doing a toy drive. Go on our website, you can see all this information. We're doing a toy drive to support two different homes. Courtney, we'll talk about them a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So we got two different areas of Georgia that we're going to support. So out here in Dallas, Georgia, we'll be out here. We got a community out here that's uh, underprivileged kids that we're going to be supporting, and we're going to make sure that they have a great Christmas. Uh, And then we're going to go into the city uh, of Atlanta. Uh, We'll be out there in the city. Uh, We partner with some uh, organizations out there where we're going to be providing toys and making sure that they have a huge impact uh, in Atlanta as well. I mean, we're committed to impacting our local community and afar. Um, As you can see, as you look on our website, I mean, we've uh, been impacting in Florida, we've been impacting Chicago, we've been impacting here in Georgia. You know, uh, the movement of what God has us doing is amazing. Uh, And we're gonna continue to listen to him and try to impact, you know, not only our local community, but the world. We are a nonprofit, get connected, tax deductible, but come and enjoy and do something to bless others. As a man thinks, peace out. As a man thinks, to learn how to get connected, support our mission, and become legacy-driven, visit our website, asamanthinks.org, or you can scan our QR code to get connected to our chat. You can also email us at partners at asamanthinks.org. Either way, get connected, be of support, be a legacy-driven, as a man thinks.